Hey guys, thanks as always for tuning in uh, another week, another episode of the podcast coming at you. So this week I am talking about something that is uh, a subject that's near and dear to my heart and something that I can almost solely attribute to essentially my entire career. And that is the concept of over-promising and over-delivering. So this is my spin on the classic phrase to underpromise and overdeliver, right? So you've probably heard it's better to underpromise and overdeliver than to overpromise and miss the mark or not be able to do what you said you're going to do. I think you have to do both. And I'll talk a little bit about why and different scenarios for this. And, you know, I say I can attribute this to or attribute my entire career to this concept. And I genuinely do believe that if you do more than is asked of you, if you distinguish yourself and differentiate yourself as somebody who is not just a hard worker, but somebody who is detail oriented, somebody who pays attention to the little things, these type of things get you noticed and help you stand out. Opportunities tend to come to people who are most deserving of them. And it doesn't always work out that way. Obviously, there's, you know, sometimes somebody's father knew somebody else and, and you know, you have somebody who's completely unqualified in a position. But in general, opportunities are presented to people who deserve them. And you have to remember that luck is simply when preparation meets opportunity. So if you are the type of person who is prepared, if you are the type of person who has distinguished yourself, you will get opportunities. And if you have the skill set to take advantage of those opportunities, then those will become career and life-changing situations. So the first thing that I think we need to address is this concept of, you know, being taken advantage of or um, not feeling appreciated at, at your work or your work environment or whatever. And regardless of any of those situations or regardless of that environment, I think it's still important to differentiate yourself and to kind of always put your best foot forward because you don't want to let people walk all over you. But understand that doors will open if you're the type of person who is willing to leave no stone unturned, right? We are all quite intuitive as human beings. And in general, whether this is work-related, sports-related, or whatever else, we all know deep down pretty clearly whether we have done everything that we can do in a situation or an environment, or whether we have cut some corners, taken some shortcuts, you know, maybe stopped a little sooner than we should have. So I think it's very obvious to us whether we have put our full effort forward in almost any environment. And being honest with ourselves is is really part of the process. So that's a long-winded way of saying in whatever you do, especially in your professional career, I think that you should always aim to go above and beyond. Now, this doesn't mean that you're kissing ass or sucking up or doing all these things. It doesn't mean that you're letting people walk all over you with no recourse. What it means is you are aligning your own stars, if you will. You are creating your own path to something that is better than the situation that you are currently in. And the only way to do that is to prove through your work 
ethic, through your results, that you are the type of person who is deserving of those things. So the first order of business, the first thing is to take pride in your work, right? I don't care what it is that you do. People will always notice when you put your full effort into your job. I distinctly remember a number of times where something like this has happened, but one story in particular stands out to me. Uh, it was a random day, and I went to a Starbucks here in Boston to grab a coffee. I was doing some work between meetings or clients or whatever, and I was waiting for this coffee. And the barista who was working at this particular Starbucks seemed to know most of the people who were there. It was your typical, you know, like coffee break crowd, so he was probably familiar with them. But he knew their names. He was smiling. He was laughing. He was joking around with the other staff. He, you know, made sure that he got everybody's order right. And I saw him take extremely good care of one particular customer who had some issue or whatever. And just the way that he handled it was very professional, very graceful, uh, and just very kind. And it was very obvious that this individual was making a difference in the lives of those around him. And, and in, in this particular environment, uh, the situation in question, there was a, a woman um, there who had some type of severe disability. And I don't know the exact combination of things, but this man was incredibly patient with her. He made sure that she got everything that she needed. And he kind of, you know, definitely went that extra mile to give this individual a good experience. And it stood out to me because it's exceedingly rare now for people to take that much pride in what they do. This was a guy who clearly, whether he loved the job or not, made everybody around him feel as if he loved the job. And he made sure that no stone was left unturned. He realized that his role, aside from just making coffees, his role was to provide a positive experience for every single person who walked through the doors of that particular store. And that is the type of person who, if you're working for Starbucks corporate and you're looking for people to elevate, people who can embody your company values and train others to do the same, are you going to choose somebody like that? Or are you going to choose somebody who just shows up, punches the clock, you know, maybe nods and smiles a little bit and otherwise doesn't go the extra mile or or do anything else to contribute positively to the culture of their store. So this guy stood out to me and and that moment and that interaction has stood out to me in my mind for a long time since. Point being, opportunities will present themselves to the people who deserve them and opportunities typically only become visible to people like that, people who are taking pride and going the extra mile. And that leads me to a second key point here, which is someone is always watching. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter if you think you're alone. Someone is always watching or somebody always knows, right? So even if you're, you know, working by yourself or whatever, uh, and, and this is a personal story from, from my life. Um, so I, my first job was picking golf balls out of the fence at a driving range when I was like 13 or whatever, whatever the youngest you were allowed to work in New Hampshire was, that was how old I was. And my mom from a very young age reinforced the importance of work and, and kind of working for the things that I wanted. And so I had a paying job literally as soon as I was able to have it. And I loved being able to earn a paycheck, but this job was not enjoyable by any stretch of the imagination. 
fast forward a couple years and I am essentially a manager at this golf course. And what we used to do sometimes is, you know, screw around and hit a couple balls at the driving range while you're on shift or whatever. It was definitely kind of like a high school kids hangout type of job, you know, your typical first job, you know, first work environment type of type of situation. But there was one night where the boss was gone. It was like a Saturday or whatever. I'm out on the driving range, hitting a couple balls, screwing around, having fun with my coworkers. And he comes back. And when he came back and saw me doing something I clearly wasn't supposed to do on shift, he went ballistic and I got in trouble for that. And that kind of became the beginning of my downfall at that company opportunities that I was expecting to come my way as far as like pay raises or whatever stopped coming my way. You know, things started happening that, that put me in bad situations. Um, and it, and that one moment led to that work environment becoming very different for me. And it was all because I was screwing around at a time where I should have been working and I was caught doing so. Somebody is always paying attention. Somebody is always watching you know, you may think that you can, you know, coast or do whatever, but those type of things will catch up to you. And learning that lesson in person was very important for me because it, it taught me to always act as if someone's watching, always be on your best behavior, always take pride in what you're doing in that moment as if, you know, you're under scrutiny, as if somebody is watching. Because even if, for example, my boss wasn't there or didn't show up. You know, there are, there are customers there. There are other people there that somebody is paying attention to that. Somebody who was at the driving range at that time and saw me screwing around while I was working may be somebody who interviews me for the next job that I want, right? So it, it, it's very important, you know, we, we talk about or we hear about not burning bridges because you never know who's going to be your boss in the future. But I think that it goes further than that. I think it's not only do you not want to burn your bridges, but you always want to project the type of person that you want to be and the type of person you want to be seen as at all times. It's always, you know, there's the phrase dress for the job you want, not the job you have. And I think you should act for the job you want and not the job you have as well. So whether you're picking balls out of a fence, a driving range, whether you're flipping burgers, whether you're, you know, a janitor, whatever it is, it doesn't matter what you're doing for work. Take pride in it put your best foot forward and just project the type of person you want to become, not the situation that you're currently in. From here, I think it's important to understand that we don't ever really have control over outcomes. We don't really ever have control over what ultimately happens to us. But we do have full control over the inputs or over our efforts. Meaning, I can't necessarily determine where I will end up at the end of my career. But I certainly can control the impressions that I make on people. I can control the effort that I put on a daily basis. I can control the education that I continue to get on my own through reading, through learning. I can control the way that I interact with my coworkers and my peers. So all of those things, and most importantly, and I think this is a big one, right? This might be the biggest one. I can control the attitude that I bring into the workplace with me. This is really important. And this is another personal story. 
uh, I wear my emotions on my sleeves and I'm, I'm very uh, bad at hiding the way I genuinely feel. This is good in some ways and bad in many other ways, but I, there was a period in time at work where I was just disgruntled in general. It was a, you know, a series of things, just kind of small frustrations adding up over time. And I began to be kind of a pessimistic, you know, not great person to be around. And I, I've, I've recognized this behavior more now when it happens than, than at the time. And, and fortunately it's something that I'm usually able to kind of see coming and, and, uh, you know, uh, intersect it and change it. But at the time I was, you know, being kind of a sourpuss and my attitude sucked and I was bringing that with me into the workplace. And I was confronted about that attitude and I was told that it was toxic and I was shown the effect that it was having on people around me, coworkers who I respected, peers who I respected. And it was a very sobering moment because it's hard to take that medicine, right? It's hard to swallow the pill that you are the reason that the culture is not as good as it could be. You are the reason that negativity is abounding amongst your staff. And I had to take ownership of that and, and really take a hard look in the mirror and assess how I was acting and what I was outwardly projecting on a day-to-day basis. And even if you have bad days, which will happen, like everybody has bad days. It doesn't matter if you have the greatest job in the world and you love what you do. You're going to have days or you're going to have moments in your day that you do not like. It's just inevitable. It's part of the process. We can't simply do only the things that we want to do every day for the rest of our lives. And having to confront the effect of my attitude taught me a valuable lesson in that, again, it's important to project the attitude of the person you want to be and you want to be seen as. And it's important to be very conscious of how our actions or how the way that we interact with people is perceived, right? I was bringing a shitty attitude into the day-to-day workplace and I was doing two things. I was negatively affecting the experience of people around me who I liked, cared about, and respected but I was also poisoning the well so that my attitude was not just negatively affecting people, but it was starting to change and shift the overall culture to be more negative. And it all stemmed from me and it stemmed from my decisions or indecision, if you will, or lack of consciousness about the way that I was acting, the way that I was behaving. I want you to take a good hard look in the mirror as part of this week's exercise, if you will, for the podcast, I want you to look in the mirror and I want you to be honest with yourself about a couple things. One, what type of effort are you bringing into your day-to-day? What type of effort are you bringing forth into your career, your workplace, that environment? What, you know, what would somebody else say about you as far as if somebody asked, that person, hey, is so-and-so a, a hard worker or, or how is so-and-so at work? What would that person say about you? So think about that. Think about your effort level. Think about, you know, are you crossing your I's, dotting your T's, doing the small things? I also want you to think about what type of attitude you are bringing into your environment. What inputs are you bringing into your environment? Because you can't control the outcome 
but the outcome is heavily influenced by the inputs that are provided. So are you putting good vibes into your culture at work? Are you putting good vibes into your career, into your future? Or are you like I once was? Are you bringing a bad attitude? Are you being a sourpuss? Are you bringing the energy down when you should be building it up? Are you dragging other people down with you? Are you negatively affecting that culture? And if you are, if the answer to both of those things is is negative, right? Realize that you're in the driver's seat and you have the ability to control and adjust both of those variables. So you can very easily shift your effort. And oddly enough, one of the things that I found was when I doubled down on my effort, it also shifted my bad attitude and I actually became more fulfilled and I became happier with what I was doing day to day at work because my effort was now increased again. And it's uh, Tony Robbins actually talks about this a lot and say what you will about him. He's, he's definitely a little nutty, but you know, he is one of the most charismatic speakers and teachers and coaches to, you know, in the game to ever exist. And he does create genuine change in people. And one of the ways he does that is through physical changes of state. So at his seminars, he gets people to stand up, to wave their arms, to jump up and down this physical movement. And his reasoning for this is if you can change your physical state, your mental state will follow. This is why fitness is so important because if you exercise, especially if you exercise hard, our brain chemistry literally changes as we adapt to becoming more fit. So putting yourself through challenging workouts or exercising in general will literally change your mind and your mental capacity and mental output will also change. And so that theory applies here where by getting people, you know, at his seminars to jump up and down and and yell and do all the things, Tony is literally changing people's mental situation. He's changing their mental reality in the crowd by getting them to move around. And so this relates back to the effort and the attitude because when I was putting in more effort, my physical actions were changing which was also changing my mental state. It was making me more grateful. It was making me more hopeful for the future because when we have a bias towards action, when we start taking action, it changes our hopefulness. It changes our viewpoint on the future because you realize the more action that you take that you have the ability to affect and change the future. The more you act and the more you do, as opposed to just sitting and thinking and plotting and planning, the more you do, the more capacity you realize you have to change your reality. And just simply putting in a little bit more effort and convincing yourself of the importance of it can change your entire attitude. It can change your entire workplace culture. It can change the entire trajectory of your career. Because to take it back to one of our previous points, Somebody is watching. Somebody will see you take the initiative to go that extra mile and do that extra thing. They will recognize that and they will notice that. And whether we consciously notice it or not, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. As human beings, we are very astute subconsciously. We can find patterns. We can, and, and, and there, it's funny, there are certain logic tests that thwart us as human beings 
or thwart your average thinker because we are creating these patterns subconsciously. So a lot of times we like or dislike somebody for reasons that we can't explain or articulate, right? You, you meet somebody for the first time and if they're charismatic, like a Tony Robbins, you, they're memorable. They stick out to you. You're like, man, meeting that person at that party, they were really memorable. They were nice. I, I enjoyed talking to them. On the flip side, if you meet somebody who's a Debbie Downer, who has a bad attitude or somebody who's bringing negativity to the environment, that sticks with you as well. And we, we, we pick up on that, whether we can articulate it or not. You know, you'll say, ah, I didn't really like hanging out with your coworker, you know, whoever, because subconsciously we pick up on that energy. And so the type of energy and the attitude that you bring into any situation, people pick up on that. People watch that. People see that. And whether they can articulate it or not, whether it's conscious or not, the next time an opportunity comes up, the next time a situation comes up, the person who is going to be recommended for that opportunity, the person who is going to come to mind when somebody needs a service and you have a friend who can do that service, the person who's going to pop up is going to be the person who left that good impression. They're going to be the person who showed up with pride at their job. They're going to be the person who went that extra mile. And what I'm not telling you to do, as I said at the beginning, is let people walk all over you. I'm not telling you to you know, go above and beyond without any type of reciprocity there. I'm talking about little things, small details, things like, this is one of my biggest pet peeves, sending an email misspelling someone's name or using the wrong name is something that drives me up a wall. So we used to, you know, when I, when I was running the gym, um, we, you know, send new member welcome emails or whatever. And there was this one particular time in our history as a business where one of the people in charge of sending these emails used to not double check the names and they would address people by the wrong name or misspell a name or put you know the wrong email copy pasted into the document there were like a few things that you just had to double check to make sure that they were accurate and that lack of self-awareness that lack of diligence drove me nuts and it also other people noticed it. Something as small as just double checking your work goes a long way in leaving a lasting impression. The number of people who do not proofread emails before they send them, the number of people who do not double check spellings of names, the number of people who do not make sure that numbers and figures are accurate in the things that they send to clients, these things matter. And if you don't pay attention to the small things, if you don't take pride in your work, if you don't just go that extra mile to make sure that what you are doing or sending in or submitting is accurate, that will be noticed, that will be recognized, and that reputation will stay with you. So going the extra mile, over-promising and over-delivering is not about doing grandiose things, grand gestures, you know, doing a million things. It's about doing that little bit extra that gives people a good experience. It's about being that guy at Starbucks who went the extra mile to make sure that one particular customer felt special because everybody else in that store recognized it. It's about being the janitor who greets people with a smile. And even if you're not doing the job that you want, it's important that your outward persona, that your the personality that you're projecting into the world is the personality of who you want to be and not who you are in that moment. And so I encourage you and I implore you to overpromise, overdeliver, tell people that you're going to give them a good experience and then go that little bit extra mile to make sure that it happens. 
take pride in what you do. Take pride in your reputation. If nothing else, whether you like your job or you don't, be the type of person who is reliable. Be the type of person who is dependable. And that reputation will follow you. That reputation will open doors. And that will give you opportunities. So until next week, if you have questions, you can always reach out and chat. I love hearing from you guys. Justin at trainedright.com. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at trainedright. That new Twitter algorithm is kicking my ass. So please follow me and interact and all the things. Nobody's seeing my posts. It's sad. Uh, But next week we'll be back for more. And until then, have a great weekend. Mm -hmm.